Welcome to These Are Good Days with Leanne Miller and Matt Barris. Well, well Matt, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we are here in the room for our second live event ever. Mm -hmm. um, we have a room full of people. Can you guys ring your bells, actually? Oh, yes, I love it. Okay, listen, but you didn't let me do my well, Matt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Well, Matt. <sighs> yes, Leanne, what do you have up um, your sleeve this time? You got a haircut today. I did get a haircut today. You got a haircut today. Your wife cut your hair. Well, yeah. You um, know, we have a friend, Ashley, Ashley Sutton, mm -hmm. who has a business called The Haircut Box, where she teaches you how to give at-home haircuts. Yeah. And it has saved us, at this point, hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to get that Disney money. <laughs> so... <laughs> It took us 51 seconds to it, incorporate it, it, Disney it li it into this podcast. It literally does not surprise me. Listen, <laughs> this is what I want to say about my hair. I did not get a haircut today. Okay. But every woman in this room is going to say, I know what she means. Like, do you know, like when you're getting ready and you're like, today's special. So I'm going to shave my pits. I'm going to, I'm going to. you said this last know, but, time. Is but, that the last time you did no, this? No. Yeah, actually. <laughs> when we were here on November 4th, you listen, talked about the head listen, to toe shaving listen, and it was awkward. Listen, at 55, you only have to shave your pits like once every three or four months. Anyway. Well, November 4th, January 20th, and now April 26th, but, when we have our but, next event, but listen, you will shave your armpits. Listen, I'm glad I know this about you. But You sound kind of muffled. Oh, but it's, it's okay. Okay. You're all we're right, good. That's right. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's not what I wanted to say. But I did shave my pits. But, I'm so proud but, of you. But I did. I really paid attention to the back of my hair. <laughs> okay. Like, do you know how when you're getting ready and you're in a hurry and the back of your hair becomes like, like it's it's not important. Like I I just got to roll. But like on TV days, on on days like this, yeah. I'm like, okay, section flat iron i'm gonna pay attention to the back of my hair because today's important i have no idea what you're talking about i know you don't because <laughs> because you got a buzz you got a haircut today and it's just buzz i did okay we have we have a third person here. we do we have our friend kelly brownlee <laughs> can you say hi hello we have kelly brownlee here um for this episode and we're gonna be talking about love yes um but before we get to that, we need to hear our good days. Yes. So Kelly, why don't you yeah, go first? You go first. Okay. Well, my good day was actually um, a sad day too. Uh, my son turned eighteen. Oh. On oh. All I, the feels. Oh my goodness! Mm. I, and I know that ready. boy's got girls after him. Oh I know my he gosh! Does. Yeah. So it was a good day because I thought about the day that I had him mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the day I became a mom, and so it was just beautiful. So even in the like sadness i was just so grateful mm. and we have a really good relationship yes. mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i just felt really blessed on the day of his birthday i can tell you have a good relationship with all your kids oh thank you i can yeah and and every time you post about your son i'm like oh the girls the girls are oh. coming for that boy he's beautiful he is he's a beautiful <laughs> he boy he is and thankfully he's he's good on the inside yeah too. oh yeah well that's, that's awesome. so important mm -hmm. well but that's a double whammy i know I mean, sometimes they're not good on the inside, and then you're like, well, yeah, you don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> but it's both. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Matt, you're good. Uh, day. My good day. Well, this week, I worked one day. We had snow, snow and days. cold mm -hmm. in Ohio. We had Martin Luther, Jr., Martin Luther King Jr. Day off on Monday. Mm -hmm. I only worked Thursday. And so we were home with our kids mm -hmm. for those mm -hmm. snow days. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, being a teacher, in America and working in education, there are a lot of hard things, Sure, but we got snow days. Mm. So like when we get them, we love them. Mm -hmm. And That's our great. house during a snow day looks like Lego sets. Mm. It looks like my, my wife actually 
resurrected my sourdough habit from COVID. I know I've benefited. During 2020, <laughs> I got on the sourdough train, but you, you know what? You didn't last very long though, actually. I, d- I did it for maybe <laughs> nine months. I mean, not, enough to make a sourdough now baby. And now listen, if you lasted nine months on your sourdough stretch, I got cheated. Yeah, Uh-oh. I well, we were in COVID because, because but listen, because Mallory has already given me a loaf. I know and Mallory's I told better Ke- than me. I told Kelly, Mallory brought <laughs> Kelly a loaf tonight, and I, I said if I was a carnal heathen woman, I would fight her for that loaf. <laughs> the, it, it is perfect. It, I, you oh, know, it I'm smells not, wonderful. Oh, oh my but yeah, gosh. so she she jumped on the sourdough train, yeah. and listen, sourdough not, is a labor of love yes, too. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you were bad at it, but I have to say I think Mallory might be better. I'm uh, just, I'm just telling you. This right is now, the I'm story of my it. life. <laughs> People come to the party for Matt, but they stay for Mallory. <laughs> so that's the story of my life. Um, the other thing is so fun is our ki- our boys are like doing science experiments on our deck. So they're like taking oh Lego people out and putting them in snow and freezing them in these huge blocks of ice. So. That like little, yeah. those down yeah. times are yeah. so good for yeah. our kids' brains to just kind of be home with each other and they are. Years, find new things to do. Years ago, we had a blackout in Amish country where we, we just had no electric, no, no anything. And our, our boys had to go out in the snow and we were melting, you know, we had gas, we still had our gas stove, but mm-hmm. we were melting snow on the stove and stuff. And they were actually so sad. And Mallory and Matt know this about Joey. When he was little, he was so tenderhearted mm-hmm. that when everything came back on, he cried. Cause Aww. he was like, this was so fun. It, and Listen, it does make, it does make memories with your kids. Yeah, like COVID got crazy, but now I'm like, oh, it we, wouldn't be that bad to just like be locked up oh, in my house for a couple it. weeks with my kids oh, and my, my wife. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, we loved it. We had yeah. movie nights and hot cocoa bars and oh, it was just, I, I miss, I know it sounds terrible. I, I wish we could like quarantine, like. For a week, yeah, right. Yeah. Every other year, could or we something. just schedule that as a country, <laughs> like, like a Sabbath, every, every yes. Thursday, yes, like a yes. week, a yearly, week long Sabbath mm-hmm. for the world. Hey, what was your good day, Leanne? Okay, my good day was on one of your snow days. Our good friend Sarah Reith, who's been on the podcast mm. before, who is the founder and director of of O Huddle, which is a local nonprofit for mentoring kids. We had a meeting, and it was just it was so it's good. just so good to get in a room with people that like think of think of things and ideas and and it's like what if we did this well what if we did this and what about this crazy idea and it's just i just think it's good f- i just think it's good yeah to get in a room your like jam that. is crazy ideas that is your jam I, yeah i do i do i do yeah i like them <laughs> <laughs> probably why i eloped to switzerland right right maybe we'll talk about that in the next podcast yeah, maybe for we sure will. Um, Hey, well, today we're going to talk a little bit about how love transforms us. And to kick us off, I actually want to read a story from a podcast listener. Okay. Um, You know, when Leanne and I started this podcast in November of 2022, we didn't know where it would go. Mm -mm. And we didn't know truly where it would land for people. Right. And our hope was that in our experiences and in us, just the way that we communicate and the way that we talk and the way that we share, that truly God would use it to people's benefit. And we didn't, we don't really know. We still don't know what that looks like, but when we hear stories like this, um, it just kind of gives us fuel for the fire. I think you replied to a story, um, another story very similar to this. And you said on those cold January nights, when I have to drive over to Matt's house to record a podcast (laughs) and I don't want to leave the fire, this is what I'm going to think about. Think about. So I want to read this story, um, as we kind of kick off how love transforms us. Um, this person says, this this podcast listener says, 
I remember you saying on so many occasions that you were so sad for two years. And she's writing this to Leanne. Um, and Leanne asked me to read it because she couldn't read it to me herself. So she's like, can you read this? Um, I won't say any of this if I meet you because it might be ugly cry tears. Um, but when you shared back in 2020 on Instagram about your family estrangement, I knew that not everything family says and does has to be accepted or put up with. You were smart, funny, savvy, loved your family, and have fought to have peace. I needed to see that. Later, you said counseling works. So I decided maybe I should try counseling. After that, you said sometimes you need to go back to counseling, and I went back. When you and Matt talked about growing and dreaming of the future, I listened. I launched my baby girl from the nest into her freshman year of college, and then three weeks ago, I went back to begin my master's for counseling. Mm. There wasn't anyone ahead of me that I could look at, but there are plenty behind me like you. Mm. Ideally, mentoring looks different, but I don't really have a better word for it from this podcast. Your words and courage have changed me. Your love for yourself and your love for your family and for people you have never even met did a work in my life. I'll be there tomorrow night because these are really good days. I fought for my peace. And when I looked at the tears I cried the last few years and where I am today, I am full of gratitude for God, for my husband, and for my two kids. And now for you, a friend I've never met. I remember you saying on so many occasions that you were so sad for two years. And I think I'm just not there yet. It will always be work to not be sad, but oh my word, I could still be in the thick of it, but God and but you. And as far as making you cry, are we glad we got this out of the way now (laughs) over text and not in person? I knew I couldn't say it in person without getting blubbery. Please know I don't stand in autograph lines and I don't have a desire to meet a ton of of ton of people. I don't even send a lot of DMs, but you two have made a real difference and I couldn't be happier to be coming with you tomorrow night. I think about love and I think about this and here there is always a better way. That's what you two have done and demonstrated for me. Wow. And so I am thankful to hear that because I... It's amazing to me that something like a podcast can connect people, Mm -hmm. can encourage people and really help people think of a different, there might be a different way or a different perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So tonight we, we want to talk out at launching out of that. We, she talked about loving yourself so that you can love others. Yes. And I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's Kelly. Kelly's that's got Kelly. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, you got you got to go there. Well, you know, I when you sent me this and you were talking about what we were going to be talking about tonight, I thought of different people in my life that have made an impact in my life. I mean, I thought of my grandmother who used to take the time to make peanut butter cookies with me, and that felt like love. <laughs> and my dad, who even though he's been passed for three and a half years now, um, he was my best friend, and he's still teaching me. Like, there's still so many lessons that I learn. Um, But then I I realized that, honestly, I wasn't able to receive love from others until I was able to know that I was worthy of love. Mm. And when I went to college, um, I actually tried to commit suicide uh, at one point in my life. And I can remember when that didn't work, obviously. Mm. (laughs) I can remember... um, that night saying to the Lord, like, I just need to know that you're real. Mm. And I didn't hear anything. Mm. I never heard any words, but I'll never forget what I felt Mm. that I felt this incredible sense of someone saw me, someone knew, knew me and someone loved me. And, um, it reminds me of the, the author and poet, Maya Angelou. She said, um, 
when I think to myself that God loves me. Mm. And she like stopped and gasped. She was being interviewed by Oprah and she stopped because she was so overwhelmed in that moment with that reality that God loves me. And this happens for me, that when I live my life with the awareness that if God loves me, that must mean I'm pretty special. Right. Mm-hmm. That must mean I'm something. That, that, you, can cre- love, that, that yes. you can then love you. Then I can love me, and out of the overflow of me being okay with me, then I can love other people. Mm. Kelly, why do you think it's so hard for us to love ourselves? Oh. What gets in the way of that? Because I think we can all sit here in the moment and be like, yeah, we're pretty great. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes when we're alone with ourselves and alone with our thoughts, why do you think we have such a hard time loving ourselves? Because we know we know ourselves. We mm. know the worst of ourselves. Right. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I, I wake up, you know, I go to bed with this face. I wake up with this face. I go to bed with this attitude. I wake up with <laughs> right, this attitude. Right, right. I think it's just a reality that we know the worst of us. But in spite of that, like God loves us. Matter of fact, not even just in spite of that. Like he loves us and mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do about it. Don't you think, <laughs> don't you think it all also what plays into that are the other voices mm. in our life? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think for me, loving myself came later because I was busy. I was busy working for the love of other people Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. and performing. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I grew up in more of a performance type situation. Sure. So I was, doing a lot to be loved by people around me. Mm-hmm. So loving myself wasn't even, well, and also, also, mm-hmm. and you're a pastor, so you can speak into this. <laughs> also, we're told to lay ourselves down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, so you're not really, it's not really a thing where we talk about, you know, growing up, I never heard the word self-care mm. because you were right. supposed to lay yourself right. down. You're supposed yeah. to be selfless. Right, right. right. Yeah. So, so talk about that a second from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, I always go back to the beginning. Anytime I'm struggling with my identity and my worth, I go back to the beginning. And in Genesis, when God created man and woman and he created for six days, well, one thing that happens right away is that he says that it was good. Mm -hmm. That after he created everything, he said, and it was good. Oh, I can't skip over that part. I mean, either I believe the word or I don't, right? And it says it was good. Well, that's including me and me, you. Right, that's right, including right, us. Right. But then not only that, on the seventh day, he rested. Mm. A God that didn't even need rest, rested. So who am I to think that we don't a need rest. human being that I wouldn't need rest? Mm-hmm. If a God that doesn't need to sleep and doesn't slumber, if he took a day to rest and not work and not create, why wouldn't I? Um, yeah, it must be important for us. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's I think, what self-care, that's part of mm-hmm. self-care. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, and I know you take your Sabbath on Mondays mm-hmm. because on Sundays you're, I mean, you're not. Yes. You're working. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but also, I, I think, um, I think when we say love ourselves, that, I mean, that's hard, that's a hard that's a hard thing to wrap around. Like mm-hmm. what's that, what's that actually really look like? Mm-hmm. I think for me, you know, when I think of the selflessness of maybe a church culture or a cultural, you know, not to throw the Amish and the Swiss German under the bus, but those are a rough crew because mm-hmm. they expect you to work for everybody else. And, you know, I think in those cultures, we are taught so much to be selfless that it almost can become 
like an act of self-deprecation yes. or an act right. of like false humility mm-hmm. where sometimes when we dishonor ourselves and being selfless, we're actually dishonoring what God has created and knowing our worth. Absolutely. And so I think it's a false sense of, of humility that can actually become, I think it's a sense of pride as well, where Mm -hmm. we're like, we're so humble and we serve so many people that can actually become a point of pride. Yeah. And I I don't think that's healthy. I think there's a balance there that, that is yet to be found in some, in me sometimes and in some of us, but I think it's recognizing who we are and it's, it's seeing ourselves for who we are. And I think sometimes that doesn't come in a silo, you know, that doesn't come when we're alone. Very rarely have I been alone in my thoughts where I'm like, oh, Matt's really great. Usually what it takes (laughs) is it takes someone. Let's ask Mallory for the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Usually what it takes is someone coming along and saying, hey, I see this in you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love you. And that is what has transformed me into becoming you know, to growing and to being a different person. It's not done in a vacuum alone. Right. Mm-hmm. It right. reminds me, I was thinking about this because um, over the last year, you and Daryl have bought some properties in the Worcester area. Mm-hmm. We're actually in one of yeah. them mm-hmm. that you flipped. Um, and it, it reminded me of kind of like when you do a house flip, you know how we we like love a good before and after, right? Like unless those... you're the one in the before. <laughs> well, maybe you might be excited, but you know we love a good before and after show. There's those like makeover shows mm-hmm. and those house mm-hmm. renovation mm-hmm. shows, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about that in regards to building. You know, a a house that needs lo- tender love and care that doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know what that takes? That takes someone seeing the potential in that home and actually putting blood, sweat and tears and labor into that home to make something beautiful. You know, where we're sitting is a beautiful place. I think every person in the room has gawked at how beautiful it is, especially the wall behind us is a beautiful wall, but you and Daryl had the vision and you had to not just see it and dream about it, but you had to do some do, work. Do it, sure. right? And yes. I think it's the same thing with us. I think for me in times where I've learned to see myself in a better way or to see myself the way that God sees me, it rarely comes in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It typically comes in someone else seeing something in me that either I haven't fully exercised or I haven't fully, um, given myself to, or maybe I don't even see it at all. And often I think community plays a role in us loving ourselves Mm -hmm. and in seeing the potential that we have in ourselves and carrying it out to fruition. Well, it goes back to what you what you said earlier about Eric. I mean, when you can share with somebody who looks back at you and goes, Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. And then, (laughs) and celebrates with you. I think, I think something swells in your heart, Mm -hmm. like where you're like, yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. and then and then sometimes what it does is like and then what if this happened mm-hmm. and then what if this happened yeah. and i think i think it's also the beauty of friendship right absolutely mm-hmm. i mean i mean there are friends that we do that with that you know that see the best in us and see mm-hmm. um the potential in us that you're, you're right that we might not even see in ourselves yeah. and i was thinking too about there's an author that i love he's kind of an organizational leadership author his name's seth godin yes and he wrote a book called Tribes. Mm-hmm. And he kind of takes some research back to how humans were created. You know, in our very primal instincts, we were never meant to be alone. You know, we're very 
tribal group of people. We didn't live in individual houses with garages where we put up the garage, we drive our car and put the garage down and sneak out of our car and hope our neighbors don't see us. That is not, not that I've done that. My neighbors actually listen to this. So Jay and Christine, I do not hide from you most days. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't they put up a fence or something though? No, that's the backyard people. (laughs) These are the front yard people. (laughs) Um, But you know, we, we were not designed to do life alone. And so I think we step into dangerous territory when we isolate ourselves from each other, because I think we're missing out on even our fullest potential. Mm, yes. Now, listen, we could go down a whole rabbit trail of introverts and extroverts, and that is not this podcast. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we need people in our life to mm-hmm. encourage us, mm-hmm. to care for us, mm-hmm. to love us, and to be part of our community yes. because it's dangerous to do life alone. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I think sometimes we forget that, um, we when we speak words to each other they really are like seeds Mm. and Mm. so like when i say something to you that's intentional and that drop down drops down into your soil then matt comes along and says something else nice and that puts a little bit of water on that seed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so next thing you know you've got a whole oak tree Mm -hmm. growing inside (laughs) of you because people have been you know planting these seeds Mm. of life in in your soil but what happens is that we also have detractors also and so we've got people that are you know trying to pull up our plants poison yes weeds you know (laughs) and so we we have to be intentional about what we allow to get into the soil Kelly who can you think of a person for you maybe it's professionally or personally that has truly laid down seeds in you that you're like they have helped you flourish Um, because you we actually didn't talk about this in this podcast you have been a musician and now you're a pastor Mm -hmm. and I believe if correct me if I'm wrong there was a time where you did not want to shepherd people no and what can you tell a little bit about the person because I think there was a person yes that really invested in that and can you tell us a little bit about that story yeah so I mean I uh, the the our sending church or or the pastor that I worked um underneath I just he literally said to me that I did not see myself he was like I just don't think you see yourself I think you um, have allowed some of the things that you've been through to put you in a box and you don't believe in yourself. And so I'm, I'm here to tell you what I see. Mm. And I mean, we would start our meetings that way where he would just speak life into me. And when I said um, at first, you know, cause this is a pretty large church and I was like, well, I'll just oversee a campus. And he was like, well, how about you pray about it and see if God gives you a dream. And so I went home and the next thing I knew I had a church name, I had a Mm. church mission. And when I went back to him, I honestly, I felt so guilty because that that's not the type of leadership I was used to. I was used to people being like, well, you you know, you serve my vision and that's it. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of put a lid on you. Yes. Or just say, you're good for singing. Keep doing that. Absolutely. Just keep doing that one thing you do instead of seeing more facets of you. And so when I went back to him, I was in tears. I was like, well, I I think I might actually have a name. And he was like, yes, come on. (laughs) And when, when we launched our church, I mean, he came, he had his phone out, he and his wife, he was taking pictures and selfies with people. And, and you know, when I, every once a month when I meet with him, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that these things are, oh, I'm not doing this so great. Or I'm not doing this. And he was like, well, look at what you're doing. And uh, I mean, he has just taken the, his words and planted them in inside of my soil. And it's not like denial as if right. I can't do anything right 
wrong, but rather he is single-handedly speaking to those mindsets and perceptions that I had of myself that just held me back for way mm-hmm. too long, way okay. too long. First of all, I just want you to know it's so encouraging that there are lead pastors out there like him. Yes. Absolutely. Because yes. I've had some different experiences I, from too. that, and you have too. Me too. <laughs> and and I just to clarify, this is not a campus no. of the church you went to. This no. is like literally a church plant where he sent you out and was like, you need to be a pastor of this yes. church. Yeah, and gave unbelievable us money to, to do it, and gave us money. Yeah, you need to give him a shout out. What's his name? His name is Pastor Jeff Leak. <laughs> All right, Jeff. All right, Jeff. We see you in Ohio. We see you. We love you, Jeff. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. No, but Listen. we're in Ohio. We see oh, him. That's right. Okay. We're seeing him for a minute. Okay, and he then, gets an Ohio and then shout out. Here's here's something so true about love. You know, well, and love is such a big topic, and and I was texting back and forth with Kat about this is that it's such a big topic that sometimes we just don't go there because it's so big. Like, how do you even talk about it? Right. But I, I think about, you don't know, I'm getting ready to say this. I'm really going to try not to cry, but it's okay. (laughs) But the ripple effect of Jeff Mm. is that, you know, I, I'm not in church right now. I don't, I don't want to be in church right now. Mm-hmm. And I have been really let down by leadership. I'm sorry. And so now, because we did a giveaway, mm-hmm. like how long ago was that? Almost two years two ago. Years ago. Yeah. That now that you are pastoring, you don't know this, but I look at you like you're my pastor. Oh my gosh. You know, I look at you like, okay, I'm going to listen to what she's going to say. I'm going to read the scriptures that she's posting. I'm going to listen to and watch the videos. And of course, I've reached out to you and been like, when are you guys getting online? When are you going to be doing? You're like, it's coming. Just wait. But, but because I have been, I feel very disillusioned by the church and very like, you know, you know, listen, you know, we've watched doc. I mean, I've seen documentaries mm-hmm. of just places that I've admired and, or a place and, you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I just, been, <laughs> I've been so let down and I'm like, and I'm not saying that you, you'll never let me down. I mean, not right. Perfect. Cause I know that you are very vulnerable in that area that yes. you're not perfect and, and that you you're, and you're not God. No, but, but I do think that Jeff like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people think about, okay, Jeff is doing that for you and speaking that into you, but then it's going to have this ripple effect yes. on me mm. in a different, in a completely right. different state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just how love at, that's how love works. Yes. Absolutely. That's and I love, right. thank you for sharing that, Leanne. Um, I love what Kelly said too about the seeds of love. Mm-hmm. You know, love is such a big topic, but when we think about what does love actually look like, yeah. you know, how do we break it down? You broke it down in with your grandma and the peanut butter cookies. Yes. <laughs> you know, I can think of, you know, a way that Leanne loves me is one time you took my kids to the store and let them pick out any candy they wanted. Yeah. And I that told them, a- I'm like, I'm like, take your time, boys. <laughs> There's no rush. Because you know, with kids in a in an aisle, it always feels like rushed. Like they have to hurry. I'm like, just touch everything if you need to. And they're I know, like, you're... really? And I'm like, yeah. And Matt's like, oh my god, you're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me, Leanne. You know, or it's love comes in those simple things. Yes. Rarely, rarely does love come in a jan- grand gesture. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, listen, here's another way love comes. I was sick. Oh, I was in the bed. I was so sick. <laughs> I grew up in the South. That's why I'm like, I took to the bed. And, I took to the bed. And, and, Please. And, and, That's horrible. And I have a friend who's a PA and she's like, 
do you have diabetes or do, mm. do you think maybe your blood sugar's low? And Matt's like, well, I had diabetes for 18 hours. Did we talk about that on the podcast? And, 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 and yeah, yeah. He, he, Listen. he was misdiagnosed with diabetes. I was, <laughs> this is the short, short version. I went to my doctor and my doctor did the A1C test. And the doctor came back and said, Matt, you have diabetes. Oh my gosh. And I cannot in good faith let you leave here without an insulin shot. Oh wow. So he leaves the room and I call Mallory at work and I'm like, babe, I have diabetes. Oh. I'm going to give myself a shot yeah, in me. about two minutes. He called me and he's like, I have really bad news. I have, I, I have, I have diabetes. I have diabetes. I have diabetes. I have the sugar. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. And, now if, the you, sugar. and if you know Matt at all, he's going to go by the book. He's yes. going to go I'm get like, all the things. So he so, had he had all the tools like yeah. the prick things and the all so then stuff. so well what happened was the nurse comes back and she's like okay do we want to give us a shot in your belly or in your leg and I was like oh my god maybe my leg so I can look I don't know <laughs> like so I like do the whole thing and she has this like epipen type thing and I like stab myself oh. with insulin yeah and I go to work so it's like nine <laughs> you, in the morning and you didn't oh feel gosh. so good. So I, I'm in a meeting and I work at a school and I was in a meeting with the superintendent and I thought I was going to pass out. I was having incoherent thoughts. Oh my I was slurring my speech and I said, I think I need to go home. I don't feel good. So I call Mallory again and I'm like, hey, I know I have diabetes. I know I just got a shot, but I'm going home and I don't know what's going on. So I lay on the couch and, and I'm and you call me and you're like Leanne, I have diabetes. I have diabetes and something's <laughs> happening to me and I don't know what it is. So I'm laying on the couch and I'm like kind of and I, I truthfully I've never been drunk, but this is what I think drunk feels like is this. I can't think, I can't move. Oh my and my phone rings and it's my doctor. And he's like Who will remain unnamed? Yeah, and I still love him. I still love he was like Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, not so good, Doc. I'm on the, I, I'm, I'm slurring my speech. I may, I barely made it home. And he said, Well, guess what? You don't have diabetes. Oh my God. And I was like, What? And he, I, and I said, But I shot myself. <laughs> I have diabetes. And he said, You don't have diabetes. We just found out our machine that does the A1C number was broken. Oh and my we looked at your blood, and you don't have diabetes. And I was like, I'm healed. I was healed. Like, I've never been healed, like, hit on the head, but that's the closest. And he said, Matt, here's what I need you to do. Until you go to bed tonight, I need you to eat a snack every hour. And I said, I'm on it. I have trained my whole life for this moment. So I was like, Mallory, hey, I had diabetes. I gave myself the shot. But now I don't have diabetes, and doctor's orders are eating snacks every hour. Oh, my gosh. And we made it. Oh my we God. made it through. And, okay, and then back to my story. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm I was, healed. I was in the bed, and I was like, I think, I think maybe I have diabetes. Just oh like God. Matt did. <laughs> and he's like, it's an epidemic. He's like, I'm, I'm bringing my machine. Oh, my God. Because I had a machine. My insurance <laughs> bought me a diabetes oh tester machine. I never used it. So, so this is how love looks. Matt comes over and I'm like, Ugh. I just was, I was, it was actually diverticulitis. It wasn't diabetes, oh. but he was like, give me your hand. Let me prick your finger. And he took my 
my insulin. He took my, my blood. I guess. I she, never did it until it. I did I mean, it on you. And, and then I have a picture of Matt. I just came across it the other day. He's sitting on the end of my bed with the instructions. Oh, my gosh. Uh, like pulled out of the, <laughs> of the little machine to, to help take my to help take my blood. Oh, my so goodness. That's what friendship and Wow. That was friend. a fun little rabbit trail we <laughs> went on. Yeah, hey, but when we, when we were thinking of the topic of love, it is in those little moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've got something you know, to read. Can, can you also tell the story? of when I helped you when you were in bed and I had to lift you up out of bed? Oh, gosh. I had surgery and I am allergic to, uh, listen, oxycodone. Mm. Is it oxycotton or oxycodone? I don't know how to say it. I think it's dealer's choice. The oxy. Oxy, yeah. (laughs) The oxy. Sorry, that's... mm. Uh, Yeah. Um, So I was prescribed that for pain. Honestly, I, I had you under. Oh, I had an allergic reaction to mm. it. I thought this is what it feels like when you're dying. Mm. And then I called. I have another friend that's a nurse practitioner, and I called. I called his wife, and I'm like, "Okay, can you please ask Troy what's going on with me? I am so so deathly sick." And I had this huge incision. I've 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 just had. I, we won't go into my problems, <laughs> but I've had problems. I just had this big incision, and it's hard to get up and up and down out of bed. And I was just so sick. And um, I was allergic to it. Mm. So now when they say you're allergic to anything, they have to write that down. But that that drug is from the devil. Mm. I, I, I actually said to uh, um, I actually said to Daryl, take that whole bottle and flush it down the toilet. Yeah. I never like I don't even want that stuff in this house. Mm. It made me so sick. Anyway, during that time, because then I stopped taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, and Daryl was at work and, and your boys were going and up. they were at school and Matt was home. And I was like, Matt, because I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed alone. Well, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> like, I need you to help me get out of bed. And I have drains and it's just, you know, mm. after surgery, it's just a mess. And, and so he comes in and he swings, my, he swings my feet over the side of the bed. And I I'm was like, not trained I, for I, this. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time I was probably 25. Oh, wow. Trauma. I was just a young youth listen, pastor. Listen, the truth just truth. Helping these 45 year old ladies. She's 55 now. Truth truth be told, we are trauma bonded in so many ways. We really are. So I'm like, okay, the way we're going to do this is you have to bend out and I have to put my arms around your neck. Oh my gosh. And then you have to stand up. And now looking back over this, oh, this is horrible. And I haven't bathed. You know how <laughs> anesthetic, like you smell so bad. I have not. You brushed. hadn't brushed your teeth. I had not oh brushed my, my teeth probably for three days. I was just in a bad way. I'd been throwing up. It was awful. Oh my gosh. And and, and I I literally can laugh about it now, but I was I was literally <laughs> sweating, and so. I'll never forget this. I put my arms around. He's like, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. And I'm talking. And he goes like this. (gasps) (laughs) I held my breath and I turned my head because you flushed the devil down the toilet, but it smelled like the devil was in your mouth. Woo. That was... That was not good. You said, you said, you said to me later. You're like, your breath was so bad. <laughs> was so <laughs> bad. Hold my breath, and then you just had to literally walk me into the bathroom, and I'm like, I I've th- got it from here, and then I didn't have it from there. Oh god! But, but that but was my limit. I have boundaries. That's right. That's a whole other story. 
I don't know what but, happened once I left, <laughs> but you made it. I, and listen, you know, all jokes aside, like those are the things. Yeah, love those is, are the things. Love that, is inconvenient. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously. So we, um, Leanne actually reached out to some of our friends, some of our yeah. clinical, you know, we talk about, we don't know what it means that we have so many clinicians that are our friends, <laughs> but she reached out to some of our clinical counselor friends and, and we were thinking about what does love look like and how does it break down? And our friend Kat, who's a clinician, um, wrote something really, really great oh, that so we want to share with you about what love looks like. So just, Leanne's going to read attributes that. attributes of love. Of mm. course, this doesn't encapsulate all of love, but it's just so good. In conflict, love communicates for understanding and compromise. Mm. Love gives and makes room for other voices. Love heals. It's very Jesus. Mm. <laughs> love is woven into action and words. It's not extravagant. It doesn't bomb and it isn't performative. Mm. Mm, this is this is the ca this is the paragraph I can't read without crying. <clears throat> the way you put your hand on their shoulder as a gesture of I see you as you mm. pass by, the note you write on your kid's banana in their lunchbox that says I love you, have a good day. Mm -hmm. Or remembering the last thing the person you love said and checking in about it later. Putting big dates for them on your calendar because it matters to you too. The drive set, the drive safe, text me when you get home, please, mm -hmm. as you part ways. Mm. And the, we missed you. It was fun, but not the same without you. The, I'm bringing you chicken noodle soup. I know I dropped off the other day. I know I dropped, dropped one off a couple of days ago, but you need to change a pace. Mm. When you're sick, and we, you need to change a pace when you're sick. Small, meaningful, consistent, predictability, considerate, and safe. Mm. Gestures, actions, and words. Yes. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Isn't that good? That's just wow. it. That's it. The, um, yesterday, um, my husband was home from work, and that just does not happen very often. And I like to sleep in. He gets up early. Like, he gets up, you know, he gets up in the dark. Like yeah. he gets up, I feel like it's the middle of the night. It's not, but it feels like it. And I like, I like seven thirty. Like seven thirty is like my magic time. Seven thirty. Are you fibbing? So seven thirty, eight o'clock. Okay, eight o'clock. So, so I come down. I feel like she's fibbing. I, I come down a little bit after eight o'clock yesterday, and Daryl is in the kitchen cleaning out a kitchen drawer. Mm. Right, right, cat. Like that's it. Like that. That's it. That is is love for me yeah i don't need him to say i love you i mean he does i mean no he, i mean he does but he he it's not he is not a overly verbal person mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but that those things are are love to me and then he went away for a couple of days for work and before he left didn't say anything i didn't ask him i did i didn't say a word about it but he had the fire going and he stocked that firebox mm -hmm. so full and so high before he left so that I wouldn't have to make one trip to the garage for mm -hmm. firewood. Mm -hmm. And that, that is yeah. love, love to me. That's it's love. in those little, mm -hmm. those little That's acts. It. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, well, Kelly, thank you so much. Thanks for having For me. being here yes. with us. Okay, one, one last thing. Yeah. I'll tell you this one last thing. Okay. <laughs> Today, our youngest son knew that this was happening this, this, this live recording podcast thing. 
And he calls me. He's like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And now, now listen, I'm, I'm 55. Go ahead. Ring your bell. <laughs> I'm 55. And I think I, think I could ask um, Kim and Joe about this, but I think this is the age maybe that the, 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 the tables are kind of starting to turn. Like I'm, there's this changing of the guard almost mm-hmm. with my kids. So he calls me. He's like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Now, these are things I'm usually doing right. with them. And I'm like, feeling good? Feeling good? I'm excited. And then I said, good, good. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and he, he before I hang up, he says, um, okay, mom, all right. I love you. He's like, have fun and be careful. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what what is what just happened? <laughs> but that's, so awesome. that's love. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have to say I love you, but he was like, have fun, be careful. It's just those little totally mm-hmm. those little things. Intentional. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. Well, do you have any anybody have any parting no, shots? I don't. Do you have a parting shot? No, I think you guys have done okay. a wonderful job summing things up. Okay. <laughs> I think so too. It's this is a good one. I think for me what I when I have to sum it up or give my parting shot that I usually do, it's love is not the grandiose gestures. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can all think of people that have loved us really well, and we can think of people that have probably not loved us really well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people that when I think of people that haven't loved me really well or I haven't felt loved by my expectation wasn't something grand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. My expectations mm-hmm. weren't like out of reach. Mm-hmm. They were the small things. Yeah. Right. It was the check-ins. Right. It was the, hey, it, you know, let me take this off your plate. Yes. My wife, a way that my wife loves me is she will say, what can I, all weekend, she's been like, what can I do? What can yeah. I do? She packed up the coffee pot for me to bring here. You know, those little things. Yes. I think when we're disappointed by love, you know, people... People in the room are probably not disappointed by like, oh, I wish that my romantic partner would have gotten a hot air balloon and flown it over. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, I wish they would have said, I wish they would can have, can I make I, eggs for right. you? Yeah. I wish they would have or, stocked the, I wish they would have stocked the wood box. Right. <laughs> or, Hey, I'm making a cup of coffee. Can mm-hmm. I grab one for you? Mm-hmm. You know, love isn't in the grandiose, even in friendship. You know, we had a, a podcast episode about a year ago on friendship breakups and friendship mm-hmm. breakups can be so hard. Devastating. And I think mm-hmm. in friendship, we don't have, most people don't have these grandiose expectations of a friend. But it's the little moments mm-hmm. where, you know, something big's happening and they don't check in on you. Right. Or, you know, just not being there when you need them or just having those little touch points. And I think that that's what Kat was telling us mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. it's the dropping off chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. It's the, hey, did you get there safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, I'm going to this. Do you want to come with me right. and sit together? Yes. Right. right. All those little things. That's what adds up to true love in friendship or even in a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the grandiose thing. No. So yeah. I think as, as we think about what does love look like, it's not a, it's not a giant gesture. Mm-hmm. It's often in the small little mm-hmm. moments. Yes. So we I guess. We all want to be known. Absolutely. We all want to be seen. We all want to be known. Absolutely. And everything that you've just described yes. is somebody saying, I see you and I know I you. Know you're mm-hmm. so 100%. True. Hey, well, thank you so much, Kelly and Leanne and everyone in the room for joining us in this chat about how love changes us. Hey, well, we say it every time and we're going to have people say it with us Mm -hmm. is whether ordinary or extraordinary. We hope you see that these are good days.
Wanna Creek Foods and Wanna Creek Cheese is located in the heart of Ohio's Amish country. I have worked with this trusted brand for over 15 years now. They make incredible Amish country goods like jams, jellies, pickled items, relishes. They have an incredible bulk food section and, of course, amazing cheeses and meats. They also do an incredible job of supporting our local nonprofits. They even support one near and dear to our hearts, like O Huddle. We are so thankful to partner and for Walnut Creek Cheese and Walnut Creek Foods to be our official sponsor of These Are Good Days.